Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you an idiot? Well, you're in good company. There are about 8 billion idiots on this planet, and that number grows every day. Don't be the guy or gal that says, "I'm not an idiot." Because that makes you the biggest idiot of all. We all have our moments of brilliance and our moments of idiocy. Embrace it, folks. Don't be ashamed. Without those idiot moments, we would never be able to appreciate our brilliance. Welcome to I Love My Idiot, a podcast about the idiots we love, the idiots we loathe, and the idiots we can't seem to avoid. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Visit our website at ilovemyidiot.com. Welcome to episode nine of I Love My Idiot. I'm your equal host, Clyde November, and I'm Rosie November. And welcome to the show. We're super glad to have you. That's right. Did you know that we're up to thirteen hundred listeners? That's awesome. I know it's so exciting. I think I said that on the last episode, but I'm just so excited. For all of our new listeners, and just appreciate every person who listens to our podcast each week. And we've had multiple people tell us that they have started listening to us at work、mm-hmm. and having it be a community thing where other coworkers are just kind of like, "What is this dumb podcast?" and then kind of getting sucked in. So、yeah. we're glad that the idiot family is growing, and we're glad that you're listening to us in groups. Because I think that's fun that you can actually talk to each other about the things that we talk about. We're glad to be a part of your day. So, Rosie, I wanted to talk to you about a recent purchase、really? that I made. I'm not sure if you're going to be real happy about this purchase, but well, most purchases that you make, I'm not real happy about. That's true. So, I was at Walmart, your favorite store, and well, that's not my favorite store. <laughs> I know, but you defended it one time. One、so. time I defend it doesn't make it my favorite store. Do you ever get that Walmart headache? Yes, every time I'm there. <laughs> That's what we call that's it. That's why I avoid Walmart, Walmart because I get that Walmart headache. That's like get me out of this store. So the question is, how long before the Walmart headache sets in? Because for me, it's twenty five minutes. Five point two minutes. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty instantaneous. Actually, you've got a low tolerance. I do, especially for Walmart. No offense, you're a giant Walmart. Clyde and Rosie shop there all the time. I mean, I don't hate it as much as I hate Arby's or anything, but. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my uncle owns an Arby's. He actually owns two Arby's, <laughs> and I hate his Arby's as much as I hate every other Arby's. One time, my friends and I were on a road trip, and we tried to get some free Arby's from his Arby's. They did not hook us up, and I've pretty much hated the franchise ever since. But. Dude, I can't believe your uncle did not hook you up with the free. Well, had he actually been there, he may have, but they didn't believe that I was family. Dude, I have talked to your uncle extensively about his ownership of these two Arby's, and he doesn't even like the food there. <laughs> <laughs> <Dude> . <laughs> he owns the place, 
But he oh won't even gosh. eat the food there. I'm just saying, if you actually own an Arby's and you won't even eat Arby's, that doesn't make any sense to me. Well, it's because Arby's isn't good for anybody. Can you blame the guy? No. Back to the random purchase I made. So I'm walking near the movies and I, out of the corner of my eye, saw something that looked so amazing that I thought I must have fabricated it in my head. And I did this double take and sure enough, I was like, oh my gosh, I have to own this movie. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it has Sam Elliott, who we all know is one of the best C-list actors out there. Dude, Sam Elliott is not a C-list actor. Name three good movies he's been in. Tombstone. Okay, one. Prancer. I don't count that on the list of good movies. Oh my gosh, Prancer is an excellent movie. Whatever. And Sam Elliott makes that movie awesome. I'll admit, I liked that when I was in the first grade. That movie did not hold up when I watched it as an adult. Dude, he's at least a B. I would not make him a C. B minus if. That. I'm actually, honestly, I'm more of an A minus because Tombstone is one of my favorite movies all time. Well, it does have Val Kilmer, so yeah. Val Kilmer is Doc Holliday. I mean, I think Val Kilmer's probably a C level actor. That hurts. You know, I love Val Kilmer. You know, though, in Top Gun, he wasn't bad to look at. I'm just saying. And now I hate Val Kilmer. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I could never hate Val Kilmer. Dude, have you seen him in, in uh, Top Gun? Yeah. The volleyball scene? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've seen it. And, I you know, liked it a lot. I'll have you know that when I was in the Army, it was a daily occurrence that we would take our shirts off and play beach volleyball. So, oh, yeah. You know. I think that happens all the time oh, in the yeah. Army. But we'd always... Although, weren't they like Navy or something or Air Force? They were Navy. But we would always make sure were we would really oil Navy? up our chests just mm-hmm. like them. And yes, they were really Navy. So you guys would get all lathered up like they did on Top Gun and go play oh, yeah. vol- beach volleyball there then, in Iraq. Can I get back to this great purchase I made? The title of the movie is what really made me mm-hmm. feel like I had to purchase this. It was called The Man That Killed Hitler and Then The Bigfoot. Oh my gosh. That sounds like the stupidest movie I've ever heard of. I cannot believe you just said that. I absolutely said that and I absolutely meant it. I bought it. Of course you did. I watched it. Uh-huh. And I loved it. What? Like, legitimately, it was a good movie. I mean, where did they even film this thing? In some back country with a iPhone or something? With a title like that, I'm guessing he just took it because it was like his nephew who happened to be making a movie in their backyard. No, it's it's a quality movie. Like, this movie. is a real movie. I enjoyed it. It's a real movie. Are you serious? Yes, like a real movie studio with a real actor named Sam Elliott. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I was expecting it to be, like, awful, but I just was like, oh, this is cute. It actually drew an emotional response from me. It brought me to tears in one point. Touched your heart. It did. I'm surprised. I mean, I would think the thought of Bigfoot being killed would be actually kind of hurtful for you, particularly since he's an endangered species and all. You have to understand, in the context of the movie, the man did not want to kill Bigfoot, Mm. which I hope I'm not giving any spoilers away here, because I know (laughs) 
our audience is going to rush to Walmart to make this purchase themselves. Nobody's going to watch this yes, movie. Yes, they are. You guys need to go watch this movie. It's seriously. Oh my gosh. Like, I had three tears come out of Honestly, my eyes because of this movie. If all 1,300 of our viewers purchase this movie, whoever made the movie is going to be like, dude, what's going on? <laughs> People love us. <laughs> it's a good movie. I, I oh my want you to watch it with me. No, like, absolutely not. Okay, so here's the deal. If our audience goes to Walmart, buys it, watches it, and then informs us that it is actually a good movie, will you watch it with me? If I get 10 viewers who post on one of our social media platforms that they liked the movie, I will watch the movie with you. But they have to be legitimate. They can't just be ones (laughs) that you go combing up. Like, they have to be real listeners. I'm going to go make 10 burner accounts on Facebook. I'm just saying, I would not put it against you. You've got yourself a deal. Honestly, if you can find 10 people who can even find this movie again... You'll be lucky. Shoot, you might even be able to watch the whole thing on YouTube with no commercials. I mean, (laughs) just go look and you'll find it. Rosie, I'm telling you, it's a legit movie. It's not like some high schooler. It was made by some high schooler with his iPhone in his backyard who happens to be related to Sam Elliott. Now, I admit the title is a little weird. Yeah. And I almost wondered at first if it was like a double feature. Mm-hmm. Right? Because it sounds like two different movies, but it is one movie. Did the guy in the movie actually kill both Hitler and the Bigfoot? I don't want to give away any spoilers. Well, the I mean, it says kind it. kind of does, but... <laughs> <laughs> All right, yes, he, he kills both. Dude, who even finds themselves in Nazi Germany and then also finds themselves, I don't know, wherever Bigfoot lives? You're telling me that on a Wednesday, you went... To the store, purchased a C-rate movie at best, watched that entire movie. What the heck else did you do during the day today? I'll have you know, I folded laundry while I was watching. okay, multitasking. Exactly. All right, I guess it's okay then. Viewers, I need your help. Help me to get Rosie to watch this. However, I don't want anyone... Just trying to make her watch it when you yourself have not seen it. So don't get on Facebook and be like, oh, Rosie, it's good if you haven't actually watched it. All right. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So for today's main topic, uh, we are going to be talking about what my profession is 
what I do for a job because, as you guys know, I sit around all summer long <laughs> and watch yes, the kids. And but Clyde does have a real job, despite the fact that he gets to be lazy all summer. And I did have one person reach out on Facebook and say, "I think I've figured out what your job is." Because、mm-hmm. I've dropped a few hints here and there. Did they? Did they get it? They did not. They guessed that I was a snowplow driver. Yes. All right, so you're gonna do a big reveal. I am going to do a big reveal. This is exciting news. My profession, I am an elementary school teacher, and I don't know if that's gonna come as a shock to people. I doubt it. I bet a lot of people have already guessed it. I think the thing that is the most shocking to me is the fact that you went from being a military policeman in the army and served in Iraq in a war zone. And came back to become an elementary school teacher. That I think is the most surprising. I never dreamed of being a military policeman. I joined the army because, well, nine eleven, and I was like、mm-hmm. that age. It was my friend Boomer that wanted to become a military policeman, all based off of the fact that he saw that movie, Bad Boys Two. Oh my god! And he was like, "Dude, we could be like that." Dibs on Will Smith. <laughs> Dude, you like, guys look right, nothing、whatever. like that. <laughs> Dude, it doesn't matter what we look like. Mentality means a lot. Oh my gosh!、Okay? He definitely was Will Smith. Yeah, more of、I、a you know a hothead. I was Martin Lawrence, more of the cool you know even keel guy. Do you think it was worth it to base your military career on? Bad Boys Two. Yeah, because it was epic. Well, I've kind of regretted、uh, the fact that I didn't become like a mechanic or something. Because let's be honest, or even like an IT guy, like get some software、yeah. skills that could really be useful. Military police skills have not helped me in my life at all. Well, that's because you don't want to work as a police officer. Now there are at least two people who were with you in Iraq who were military policemen and came back to become police officers, and it really did help them in their careers. But honestly, I just wanted to do whatever Boomer was doing. You know, yeah, we were best we buds. Were,、uh, ended up being bunkmates, and I did take an interesting route to become. That's right. Congratulations on revealing your career, Clyde. What I would really like to ask you, Clyde, is why did you become a teacher? Well, I became a teacher for the obvious reasons: summers off, you know, long、yeah. winter breaks.、It's、mostly out of laziness. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. exactly. <laughs> And I hear about these amazing prep times, which can sometimes last an hour. I mean, what other job、yeah. are you going to have breaks like that? Right. I never get an hour break. Exactly. No. In all seriousness, I had a male teacher when I was in the fifth grade. He had a big impact on me. And I just kind of followed that path for the rest of my life. Just always kind of kept that in mind. Do you feel like you try to mirror some of the things that he did as a teacher? I would say he's more of an inspiration because I'm definitely myself when I teach. And honestly, the only thing I really remember about him was the encounter I had with him about five years ago. And this、mm-hmm. is kind of a dark story. You and I were driving down the road.、Ugh. We it was got one of the to, worst days. I、oh, can't、yeah. believe you're even telling this story right We now. We got to a T intersection, and off to the right, you noticed that a cat had been run over. I didn't notice it. I witnessed it. This big old truck ran over this cat. So we rush over. 
I don't want to go into detail, but the cat was gory. Yeah, and so it was really I was bad. trying to shield our children's eyes, mm-hmm. and while you, I was trying to help the cat. Well, you ran to every door and started knocking on doors and saying, "Does anyone here have a cat?" And this old man comes out. And just as he gets to a ro- the road, another truck comes barreling by. It might have been that same truck coming back I around know. for the kill. I don't know. And just mushed totally it. mushed just, the cat yeah. and like finished it off. Uh, it was it was absolutely awful. And your teacher was like, Melvin, it was so sad. Well, before that, he started screaming about a million F words. Yeah. When I heard his voice, I recognized it. It, it was only then that it hit me. Oh my gosh, you're my fifth grade teacher and he's sitting here, F you, you mother effer. And I'm just like, whoa. Yeah. So that's really like my lasting memory of my fifth grade teacher. Everything else is real vague. The cool thing is, is the dude lives down the street. We every now and then still have sightings of him. And every time I see him, I think, I hope he replaced Melvin. Like, I feel bad. That poor cat. I know. You know, we pray for that cat every single day. In fact, we actually did pray for that cat. We actually did pray for that. Children were crying about that cat. Yeah, for like a year, the kids would be like, Do you think that Melvin's going to make it through that? (laughs) (laughs) We told them that Melvin was still alive. And so we were hopeful that he had survived the double whammy. (laughs) Which eventually, I don't know if you know this, but I lied to our children. I told them that I ran into that old man again (laughs) and Melvin was doing fine. We can stop praying for Melvin. And Rex said to me, do you think it's because of our prayers? And I said, absolutely. (laughs) But here's here's the thing. And I'm sure I'm not the only person that has gone through this. And you could go through this with any career. You dream about a profession. You go to school for it. You graduate. And then you get your first job. And it sucks. Yeah. Right? Like, I hated teaching... The first day of my career, I was like, I made a big mistake. And it brought me so much pain that when I came home from my first day of work, you asked me, how was your first day? And I could not answer you. I could not speak. You were like, I made a huge mistake. Well, I didn't tell you that till three days in because Mm -hmm. for three days I could not speak at home because I was afraid I would just cry. And my first job was teaching kindergarten. I never wanted to be a kindergarten teacher, right? I wanted to be an upper elementary school teacher. Mm -hmm. But It was the recession, so I took the job, you know? Right, you take what you can get. Absolutely. And eventually, I kind of found my groove, and I was like, oh, this isn't so bad after all. And I eventually came to love my profession. I love what I do. In fact, I would do my job for free if my wife would allow me. No, Uh, I'm joking. No, you wouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) Rosie needs money in the bank. I thought my dream job was teaching, but I came to realize... My dream job was actually student teaching. Yeah. Because when you're a student teacher, you get to be the fun, cool teacher that the kids love. Whenever there's a problem, you never have to deal with that. The mentor teacher deals with that. Whenever there's a parent problem, you don't deal with that. The mentor teacher deals with it. (laughs) So basically, you get to do all the fun parts of teaching and none of the crap. I tell you what, you also really liked subbing. I did like subbing for the same reasons. (laughs) And when I say I would teach for free, that's what I actually mean. If we ever win the lottery, which you have to play the lottery to win. You kind of won the lottery when you married me. That's true. I'm just saying. That's true. Very true. When I thought about revealing 
my profession to you, the audience, I thought it might be fun to do it with a guest, someone who I've worked with before. So we're going to introduce a friend of mine named Mike and have Mike join us here in the studio. Welcome to the show, Mike. We're really excited to have you here. Hi, thank you for having me. I bet all your listeners are like, whoa, this guy has a really high voice. (laughs) But I'm a girl. You are a girl. Mike is a nickname, but thank you for having me. Yeah, we're super super stoked to have you. So you have a very important place in our lives because... You are one of my best friends. You also used to work with Clyde. We're just one big happy friend family. Yep, we sure are. You actually were across the hall from Clyde. Yes, um, I was a novice teacher, um, and I've known Clyde since he student taught at the school I was at, and I was fortunate enough to have him right across the hall from me. What was it like working with Clyde? It's a pretty big question. Miss Rosie. Um, <laughs> well, to, if I had to choose one word, it was amazing. Amazing. It so, was amazing. Mm-hmm. Wow, that is not a word I've ever used for Clyde. <laughs> <laughs> so what was amazing? Well, something that I really enjoyed that we really clicked with is we both like to laugh and Mm -hmm. we were both idiots. I was kind of the ditzy blonde idiot Uh and I always made mistakes and Clyde was right there laughing with me and not at me. Yeah. I mean, he could have shut his door and was laughing at me. I don't know, (laughs) but I think humor is what brought us together. Do you feel like that because you were both new teachers that that sort of made a difference too in the fact that you were both at kind of the same stage in your careers. Yeah, we it was a lot easier to be able to reach out and form that friendship because we shared a lot of the same mistakes. We got to share mm-hmm. a lot of the same victories together. One thing that's kind of unique about you and Clyde is the fact that you did not teach the same grade levels, but no. you still had this close bond. Clyde, I don't know if a lot of people know that, he actually taught more than one grade level. So he actually was kind of the popular kid in school and got to know a lot of the teachers. So Mm -hmm. we bonded. Honestly, one of our strongest bonding years was when he was a kindergarten teacher. He was an amazing teacher, but as we all know, kindergarten is like gearing up for battle. You have to really be a tough person. And Clyde was. We we got to kind of wade through that together because I'm a first grade teacher. We like to do pranks on each other. So we have prep times, you know, when the kids go to PE or music. And so I was just in my own world doing prep. And when a teacher is on prep, they're not just sitting at their desk eating candy bars. I mean, I right. wish that was the reality, but <laughs> I mean, that is exactly what Clyde does. We're in running. His prep time. <laughs> <laughs> Secrets don't, out. Don't let him fool you that he's he actually is. working. You know, I have caught him like <laughs> drinking some Mountain Dew. And no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. He was a busy He's actually bee, just, just like doing me. crosswords over there. Like you think he's grading things, <laughs> but he's doing doing crossword puzzles. That's for sure what he's, he's doing. doing. crossword puzzles. But I was out kind of like running around like a, you know, chicken with my head cut off. And I literally walked into my room with the speed of a locomotive. And I stopped in my tracks. Mm-hmm. And his whole kindergarten class was sitting in my first grade classroom. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, Clyde just simply looked at me and like his, his teacher stance and said, <laughs> 
Well, <laughs> Mrs. Mike, they're ready to move on oh to first grade. Gosh. I don't know if they were particularly naughty that day, <laughs> and he just wanted to pawn them on me. I don't know. That's but hilarious. So I think he kind of wanted to see, because we do mm-hmm. this with each other, is we try to keep each other on our toes, and I yeah. think he expected me to freeze up. Not this teacher. Oh I got my expo marker. I was like, well, today we can learn about letters, and we'll dive right in, and Clyde, like, could tell this was backfiring. He's yeah. like, oh, no. I like, get wait him. a minute. This was supposed to be a joke. Yeah, this was yeah. supposed to be a joke. And he's like, we got to go. And some of the kids were like, no, we're ready for first grade. I was like, that's right. <laughs> Look what happens when you try to prank the first grade teacher. Uh, yeah. So that was a really funny moment that we always laugh about. I remember this one story that Clyde told oh, no. me about you. Apparently, you had like used a PowerPoint from the internet. <laughs> <laughs> For an ABC lessons. And uh, you got to the M and it was motorcycle. And then the sound (laughs) it made was vroom, vroom. And you're like, wait a minute. This is M. And you're like, this PowerPoint is wrong. And you start correcting it. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The middle, and yeah. your kids are all just sitting there like, they have no idea what you're talking about, but you're like clicking through PowerPoints like rapidly trying to figure out you what's know, going on. I wish that sometimes <laughs> I was Clyde just yeah. to see and look into my classroom. I'm sure I look like a lunatic, like oh an Italian gosh. grandmother <laughs> that just flails her arms. You know, so I remember this PowerPoint presentation. It was one of the first weeks of school, and I wanted to break the ice, and do some fun alphabet, you know, like just something to, that they were familiar with. And I mean, that I sounds reasonable. Reasonable, right? Mm-hmm. And Well, maybe don't like just steal it off the internet without looking at it first. I'm and just that's saying. That's exactly what I did. You know how, <laughs> listeners, you know how I said prep time is really yeah. crazy? Sometimes that's you downloading a PowerPoint and not previewing it. <laughs> New oh teachers out there, preview the PowerPoints yeah. and YouTube videos. Exactly. You never know what you're going to find. That's okay. That's not nearly as bad when class was showing this video that was about animals or something. Oh, no. like it was about the walking fish, like the Mexican walking fish. Pretty soon it goes into like how they mate and stuff. And I have never seen Clyde run so fast <laughs> to a computer to try and like turn it off really quickly because it was saying big words oh. that these little kids had no idea what they were. Yeah, your blood pressure yeah. is up. You're like, they cannot see this. I know. And I was told <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking like, this is the best day to volunteer, like watching Clyde sweat. <laughs> Like a sweat mustache. Yeah. yeah. His after hands are clammy. Yeah. After the kids went on to music, he was like, I hope I don't get any letters from any parents today. And I'm sure he didn't. <laughs> no, Clyde's an amazing teacher. He really yeah. is. So Clyde got a great opportunity and he is at a new school and we are no longer working at the same school. I almost like want to like go old school and yeah. get 
like cans with strings. Oh yeah, just so we can. I know. You know, continue talking, and but we still like send emails and just like laugh. So even though and we're family at this point, I mean, we make yeah. a point to get together. You know, we've seen you four days this week already. I know. We have. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. So even yeah. though he is at a new school, we're like a crocheted blanket, y'all. Yeah. I mean, it's going to take a lot anywhere. to unravel us. What is your favorite thing about being a teacher? My favorite thing about being a teacher, there's honestly so many good things about being a teacher, but I know this sounds like a cliche answer, but it's honestly the students. And you know, the funny thing is, is before I got into education, I was like, oh, I want to get into higher education. I want to go teach college or high school. But honestly, I went into an elementary classroom and I just fell in the in love with that setting. And honestly, everyone that tends to run into me, they're like, oh, you must be a primary teacher because it really, I feel, is who I am. And so I would say, so in one word, students is my favorite. <laughs> so students is my favorite. To make a long answer short. So what's your guys' least favorite part about being teachers? Parents. Dun, dun, dun. And they don't mean to be. They can be challenging, though. It, there's always two sides to a story. And I would say just all the other stuff. Like, honestly, I feel like teaching is the easy part. It's oh, yeah. all the committees and the paperwork and the professional development and all this stuff that you have to do, the progress monitoring. I mean, the list goes on and on. And people, there are 24 hours in a day. And I have a family. Yeah. And teachers use up every 24 hours. Trust me. I know being married to one. But I'm just saying I am one of those parents who teachers hate. So back off, you guys. That's true. You are a helicopter mom. Oh, totally. Like, my kids are number one. Even though I work in the school, all the teachers don't want my kids in their class. They're like, oh, Rosie is going to come after me at some point. Everybody's scared of me because I happen to be there a lot since Clyde's there a lot. They all see me coming and I notice people shutting their doors and yeah, it's pretty bad. I think this is the thing about Rosie because, see, I know the gooey center of Rosie. That sounded disgusting. But, like, I know. I got made it to the center of I got Rosie. through that beautiful shell, you know? And I think when you first see Rosie, you know, and I know you guys probably don't know what she looks like is what I'm guessing, but she has, like, beautiful dark features. She could be a little intimidating. So I'm sure, like, when you meet her... They're like, I don't know. She has, yeah. like, resting bitch face. Oh, 100%. I, that's the face I've perfected is resting bitch face. All right, Clyde. Well, it's been fun interviewing you and Mike, but I'm going to step out and I'm going to let you take over. Okay, that sounds good. Mike and I will finish up from here. Are you going to come back for our closing? Yes. Okay, so we'll see you soon? Yes, we'll see you soon. All right, Mike. So do you have any... Nightmare parent stories or concerns about parents, because that always seems to be my biggest setback in my career. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have gotten really good at wording emails. That okay. is, I'm going to put that on my resume if I ever need another job is I am an email pro. You're like now. a wordsmith. I am a wordsmith. I know synonyms like nobody's business. Oh, yeah. And you have to be careful what you say because you're talking about someone's child and they adore this child and see no flaw in this child. 
See, and I have made this mistake before where I was almost too kind and the message wasn't really clear. So it's almost like, you know, the sandwich effect. Like you start out a little softer, get a little more direct in the middle. Then, you you know, you end with a little sugar at the end. Okay, parents, note, whatever you tell your child, they'll probably tell their teacher. So absolutely. Yeah. So one of my boys came up to me and tattletailed on their mom straight up to me. <laughs> and he was like, Mrs. Mike. I was like, what's wrong? And he goes, my mom said something not very nice about you. And I was like, what did... And I I kind of walked into it and I was like, what did she say? And he goes, she said that you weren't the brightest bulb in the shed. And so... I'm just like, harsh. you know what? It was harsh, but I'm like, you know what? It's my first year teaching. During the parent-teacher conference, um, we sat down and I told her, I was like, well, I made sure to have all of my watts today. So that was kind of fun. Um, do, do you think she picked up on the fact that oh, you were yeah. dropping a subtle clue that you oh, knew? Not only did she pick up on the fact, her child, through the parent pickup line, said, Mom, I told Mrs. Mike what you said about her. <laughs> And so, oh, just eyes so big at me. It was, it was was mortified, mortified. It was pretty funny. And well, here's the thing. Yeah. And people need to understand this. Everything you say about your teacher, your kid is likely going to tell their teacher. Because one thing I've noticed is kids who pick up on the fact that their parents don't agree with the teacher think that that makes the child more powerful. Like, I don't have to listen to my teacher because my dad thinks you're an idiot. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and we can read that as educators. Oh, yeah. I highly encourage if you're a parent and you don't agree with your child's teacher, reach out to them, talk to them. Like, we do welcome that. And on that, don't, don't reach out. <laughs> no, on that, no. Actually, yeah, don't reach out to me. I know I'm doing my job good, people. Yes, that's right. No, on that, no. I had a student that came up to me and said, uh, Mr. November, my mom says she regrets moving to Colorado. And I said, oh, why is that? And he said, because Nevada teachers are better. And burn. This was when I was a kindergarten (laughs) teacher. So I was like, dude, I'm your only teacher you've ever had. Like, this is clearly a shot at me. So when you send a parent email, how many times do you proofread that email before you hit send? More than I'd like to admit. Not only do I proofread it, I bring a colleague in (laughs) and have them read it with me just to double check to make sure my tone is okay. Well, my introverted nature, I hate making phone calls because I always feel like I'm going to say something that I can't take back. Whereas with email, I can craft it. I can reread it over and over and over. I can get a colleague in just like you. You're like, I should submit this to the Nobel Peace Prize. This is a masterpiece. Some of my best writing ever has Not come. the Nobel Peace Prize. Like, call to cause. That's probably a better <laughs> No, call to cause no. for pictures. Dude, what kind of first grade <laughs> teacher are you? <laughs> I know. What's the equivalent? I don't know. There's a, a Pulitzer Prize. There we go. There's a, the John Newberry Award. I'm a teacher. I know the award. I know the name. <laughs> so one thing that has happened throughout my career when you and I were still at the same school together. When I would come in on weekends to work, and yes, people, teachers work weekends, uh, particularly young teachers, and since you were the other young teacher, you were often there. Right. So I would come in and I would have maybe three or four hours of work, and I would always tell Rosie, I've got three or four hours of work, yet somehow I would always come home 
like six hours in. And she'd say, what took you so long? And I'd say, well, Mike was there. And we'd get caught up just talking and BSing. And it was like a sitcom. We would just be at the coffee machine. It was like, you know, just like the office where we would just be laughing the whole time. And we're both like, oh, we still have all this work to do. Absolutely. The great thing about that is I learned some of your weirdest, deepest, darkest secrets, and I'm hoping that you're willing to share some of those very publicly here on the podcast, and I don't mean to put you on the spot. Oh, I'm an open book. All right. So my favorite story that I need you to share is the bicycle story. (gasps) So I was a RA during college to pay for my food and board. What does RA stand for? So resident assistant. And so I assisted the residents and by assisted the residents made sure that if they were drinking that I had to write them up. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. So basically you were like Polly Shore from Son-in-Law. Oh, I was definitely Polly Shore from Son-in-Law. Yes. Were you like hosting the party? You're like, (laughs) yeah, baby. I know. I, you know, like me as a person would host the party, but it was so strict. You could get fired so easily. I didn't have a car back then. I had to be Lance Armstrong and bicycle everywhere on campus. And I was running late, which is a common thing for Mike to run late. Very normal. Yes, very normal. And, you know, it was summer and I felt a little bohemian chic that day and I wanted to wear a long skirt. So I was like, you know what? I could ride this bike with a long skirt on. I've done it before. (laughs) So I took my skirt and I wadded it up and sat on a good majority of it. And I was late to this meeting. And so I was bicycling on my little bike cruiser (laughs) so fast down a very popular street. Unbeknownst to me, my skirt is just unraveling and going closer and closer to the tire and then all of a sudden I felt this boom 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 and my whole skirt ripped off (laughs) folks did you hear that my whole skirt ripped off and my back tire was wrapped up like a Christmas present (laughs) on my bike and I was like terrified the people were like honking and waving at me and I'm like awkwardly waving back one gentleman pulled over and said do you need help and I'm like no and I'm just so I tried everything I could I stripped that skirt off of the back bike and I got on and thankfully I was wearing underwear that day and I flew down (laughs) the street. Yeah. Were there days you didn't wear underwear? (laughs) Okay. Sometimes laundry was tough to get through. Okay. I was a poor poor college student (laughs) and everyone hated toting their laundry to the laundry facilities. Am I right? Got it. Yes. And so thankfully I was wearing underwear that day. And I was flying by and I ran into my apartment and I opened the door and slammed it. And my husband saw me and went, did you just get mugged? (laughs) And I was like, no. And I threw on some pants and went to the meeting and I was like, guys, I'm so sorry I'm late. You'll never believe what just happened. (laughs) Um, Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Actually, I don't know if I told you this, Clyde, but I submitted that story to um, this site called FML. Oh, okay. Did you ever hear about that? Uh-uh. It was big in college back in the dinosaur ages, like 10 years ago, and it made it. Oh, on. nice. Yeah, so nice. it was a classic. It's a classic so story. So this is actually the second venue where you've shared this story publicly? This is. Nice. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Was this wasn't the first? No, it's all right. It would be great if someone listening was like, "Wait, I know this story." You seem to have some interesting things that happen to you. I don't think you have a normal existence, and that's the one thing I've learned about being friends with you. It's part of the reason that we are good friends because I don't seem to get along with normal people real well. <laughs> I know. It's, so. Yeah. Yeah, what's that like to be you and just on a day-to-day basis have the weirdest stuff happen? Well, this is the thing, Clyde. You have to be a cautious person. I mean, I know my nickname is Mike, but it should really be Murphy. What will happen (laughs) is going to happen to Mike. So honestly, I'm like, should I'm like, yeah, should I go bungee jumping? No, I'd be the one person where the thing would snap. (laughs) I want to go skydiving. I would be the one with the parachute that didn't deploy. So honestly, it's just I've had to learn some tough lessons and really think about what I need to do. Even in terms of walking, all my friends know me as an extremely slow walker because I have fallen so many times (laughs) on nothing. My friends, I'm kind of like how would you describe like I'm just a plethora of stories and I even have titles so this is the mattress story ladies and gentlemen (laughs) so this happened when I was in high school and I was driving in um, a a new car because I had taken my Geo Metro and gone off-roading with my Geo Metro and high-centered it (laughs) (laughs) see I used to have a risky life (laughs) then And so I had to get a new car out of my own paycheck, and I had just gotten this car. It was the first week I got it. I can't even remember what the car is because I had it for that long. Because I was driving down the freeway. I was going with the motion of traffic. I was going about 70, 75 miles an hour. And all right, folks, I was a teenager, and I was talking on the phone. I admit it. I admit it. (laughs) Okay? I was talking on the phone. I was being really safe. And then I just happened to see this truck in front of me, and there was a big mattress in the back. I was like... I was like, well, of course they have this tied down. All of a sudden, like, it was the apocalypse. There was just this sheet of white (laughs) that just came at me. I mean, I swear I was three seconds behind, but there was nothing I could do about it. Guys, I ran over a queen Serta mattress (laughs) with a little car, and the person on the phone heard it. I was like, I gotta call you back. I just hit a mattress. And guys... My life flashed before my eyes. I mean, the mattress hit my the hood of my car, and then I ran over it. I mean, I want you to appreciate your mattress right now, and look how thick that thing is. It was a it's a miracle I'm alive. Oh, and yeah. so I got off the freeway and just just breathed. I was like, oh my gosh, I survived this. I survived this mattress hitting me. And these people pulled over so nonchalant and said, oh well, I guess we should have tied it down. I was like, yeah, you think. Yeah, yeah, you think you should have tied it down? And remember, I'm in high school. I was so frazzled. I just wanted to get home. So I left. Wow. I didn't get their insurance or anything. And my car promptly died 
when I got home <laughs> and never ran again. Oh and, my gosh. And we couldn't even fix it because the car was worth 600 bucks. I mean, there was no point. And so thankfully, yeah. my dad got me another car because I think he was just grateful that his daughter survived. Yeah. Let's <laughs> now, that's a tricky situation because it's hard when you are young and you don't know how to handle certain situations, right? Like, I bet it never oh, even yeah, crossed it your mind. Oh, yeah, it was pure like, panic. Like, mm-hmm. hey, they should be responsible for this because they're idiots. Right. Right. Well, and that was, and like you guys say, that was an idiot moment for me. I mean, I should have stayed and gotten their insurance. So we all have idiot moments. Yeah. Friends. It's naivety. Yes. We'll call it that. Naivety. Um, that's a good word. I know. I'm trying to add new words to my vocabulary. <laughs> I want to sound smart and less like an idiot. I'm going to add that to my vocab dictionary. There you go. You're welcome. That was a gift. Thank you. Yeah. So when I was in driver's training, I actually got into a car accident. Okay. I, ha- I, have I, haven't you heard he- I haven't heard this. That's interesting because I pretty much tell everyone. <laughs> no, I'm joking. And the true colors come out. <laughs> yes. It's something I felt shame about for so long that I buried it deep. But <laughs> I was driving and nearly got T-boned and I got so frazzled and my driver's ed teacher could sense that I was frazzled. And so he said, pull into this parking lot. And it was a bar. And we're talking early (laughs) evening. It's like five o'clock, right? So I pull into this parking lot and he says, find a parking spot. And this is my first time ever parking, right? This was only my first drive or maybe my second drive because the first drive you're just doing loops in the school parking lot or whatever. I loop around to the back of the bar and he points to a spot and he says, park there. And I start turning in and I'm going probably like 20 miles an hour parking into this spot. And he yells at me like, you're going too fast. So I tried to slam on the brake, but I slammed on the gas and gunned it right into this other car. You hit a parked car? I hit a parked car. Your very first? Oh, man. And so I was like shaking and the driver's ed teacher was trying to like remain cool and he actually did a fairly good job considering this car was actually his personally owned vehicle <laughs> <laughs> no that's not funny I know. that poor guy he he told me later he had to get really good insurance to be a driver's ed teacher so he was like oh it's it's all good after he kind of calms down he says this is actually a great opportunity we can go inside this bar uh, I can show you guys how you handle being in a car accident so he t- takes us all inside this bar and keep in mind I'm like 15 years old right entering a bar for the first time think about who's in a bar at five o'clock sad souls yes (laughs) (laughs) and I'm I grew up highly religious so I'm witnessing something for the first time he goes up to the bartender and says hey who drives the such and such car and they bring out this cook from the back who is slammed. He's like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. I don't care that you hit my car. It's fine. And we're all... Well, how much damage was on the car? It wasn't terrible. Like, it was still drivable. Like, the cook went out and looked at it, and then he said, oh, it's fine. Did it match the other dents on the car? (laughs) (laughs) I can't say. I didn't see the other side of the car, so I don't know what was over there. But it was pretty... I mean, it was pretty significant body work. It didn't 
disrupt the you know the structure of the, the car. drivability of the car. Yeah, exactly. My driver's ed teacher starts insisting that we need to call the police and file a you know accident report. And the guy all of a sudden is like, don't call the cops. <gasps> and we're like, whoa. And he's like, I said it's fine. Oh, no. So we end up leaving. I've always wondered, why didn't he want us to call the cops? Did he not have insurance? What, did he have like a warrant out for his arrest? there's a dead body in the trunk. Oh, possibly. <laughs> I don't know. I've always wondered that. We probably, my guess is that he wasn't insured or he had drugs in the car. Ooh. All right. So one thing you and I have in common is we both love movies. And use movie lines constantly as a form of communication. Absolutely. In fact, some of our best conversations have been done only through movie lines, which not everyone always gets my whole movie line obsession thing. So I came up with a game that I'm going to play with you on the podcast. I love games. I have four movie lines, but I have written down five actors. You have to tell me which actor said which line. And the reason the numbers are off is because I wanted one to like not be a A red herring. Exactly. And so here's the deal. If you can name it, I'm going to keep score. And I do actually have a prize for you. If you can win. I love prizes too. And maybe I'll do a bonus point if not only you can name the actor, but you can name the movie. Okay. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Yeah. All right. First up. Oh, first we should tell the audience who the actors are on your list. Go ahead and read Clyde has handed me a list. Here are the following celebrities on my list. There is Leonardo DiCaprio, Clint Eastwood, Will Smith, Jack Nicholson, Christopher Walken. Those are pretty iconic actors. This should be easy, right? I hope so. Well, let's see. All right, first up, are you ready? We need dramatic music. I wish we were there as a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am ready. All right, maybe maybe what I'll do is I'll re-add the introduction music, because that's the only <laughs> song we have. Please do. All right, here we go. Cue the music now. Son. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm going to start over on that one. Here's the other thing. I'm going to try to not say it like the actor because I don't want to give it. Because I already kind of, not going to lie, got (laughs) some Jack Nicholson vibes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You're good. (laughs) You are good. Or you're good at impressions. (laughs) Go ahead. Let me hear it, though. Maybe I can name the movie. Okay. Then I am going to do this one in Jack Nicholson's voice because you are right. <laughs> See, she's good. All it took was one word. There, there should be a bonus point for that. You get two points for this Thank one. You. Thank I'll you. I'll give Clyde. you three points if you can name the movie. Okay. Son, we live in a world that has walls, and those walls have to be guarded by men with guns. Who's gonna do it? You, you, Lieutenant Weinberg. I have a greater responsibility than you could possibly fathom. You weep for Santiago and you curse the Marines. You have that luxury. You have the luxury of not knowing what I know. That Santiago's death, while tragic, probably saved lives. And my existence, while grotesque and incomprehensible to you, saves lives. You don't want the truth, because deep down in places you talk about at parties. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. We use words like honor, code, loyalty. We use these words as the backbone of a life spent defending something. You use them as a punchline. I have neither the time nor the inclination to explain myself to a man 
who rises and sleeps under the blanket of the very freedom that I provide and then questions the manner in which I provide it. I'd rather you just said thank you and go on your way. Otherwise, I suggest you pick up a weapon and stand a post. Either way, I don't give a damn what you think you are entitled to. Go, what movie? Okay, I'm going to embarrass myself because I haven't seen this movie, but I'm getting military vibes. But this movie that I'm thinking of has a pretty classic quote of, you can't handle the truth. Okay. I'm going to go with A Few Good Men. And you haven't seen A Few Good Men? I have not seen A Few Good Men. Oh my gosh, you got to see it. It's like... Am I right? You are right. Yes! In fact, the line I just read is what he says right after he says, you can't handle the truth. Students, I use my context clues. There you go. All right, Mike has three points. Clyde has zero. Also, my I Love My Idiot music is only about a minute, three seconds. So now I'm sure I'm going to have to start repeating it over and over and over. And the audience is going to be so sick of it by the time (laughs) this segment's over. But I don't care, people. (laughs) Enjoy it. All right. Also, I wrote that song, people. So, I didn't know that. I did. It's so good. I, I like got out the guitar one day and you know played a little doodle. Wow. Not to brag. All right. Uh, next up. Now again, I'm gonna try to say this without and using these the are, actor's these voice. These aren't common quotes. No, no. Dang. Okay. All right. A man can be an artist in anything, food, whatever. It depends on how good he is at it. Creasy's art is death. He's about to paint his masterpiece. <sighs> I'm probably going to get this one wrong. Okay. I'm feeling it in my bones. I feel like Christopher Walken would say the word creasy for some reason. Okay. So I'm going with Christopher Walken. You are correct. Oh my gosh! Dude. <laughs> I Does, Can't you just hear him saying creasy? Yeah, I literally, <laughs> I actually want you to read this quote. Using your Christopher Walken so voice, bad at it. there's a reason <laughs> I chose Christopher Walken. It's because you impersonate him all the time, and it's like my favorite thing. So it's so terrible. I'm gonna hand you the quote. It's okay. the second one on the page there. Okay. If you will read that using your Christopher Walken. Okay, here we go. Uh, uh, uh. No, I'm kidding. Okay, a man can be an artist <laughs> in anything, food, whatever. It depends. On how good he is at it. Creasy's art is death. He's about to paint his masterpiece. <laughs> that kind of got a little okay. Italian <laughs> towards the end. No, you started sounding like Count Jocula at the <laughs> <He> end. <laughs> of one. <laughs> of two. All right. So the first, the first sentence was okay. Mediocre <laughs> at best. Yeah, as it went on, it got worse and worse. It was so bad. (laughs) Which usually when you do your impression, it's limited to about three or four words. I say things like, I I say things like, Todd, tell that mean ocean. (laughs) Where is that from? Uh, That's Wedding Crashers. Yes, it is, Clyde. Point for Clyde. Clyde. (laughs) I'm giving myself a point. Next up. So that means you have now crossed two actors off your list. Who are we left with? We're left with the very, very handsome Leonardo DiCaprio, the old handsome Clint Eastwood, and the Fresh Prince. All right, here we go. Let me tell you something. There is no nobility in poverty. I've been a rich man, and I've been a poor man, and I choose rich every effing time. 
Because at least as a rich man, when I have to face my problems, I show up in the back of a limo wearing a $2,000 suit and a $40,000 gold effing watch. Now, if anyone here thinks I'm superficial or materialistic, go get a job at effing McDonald's because that's where you effing belong. Okay, I'm also taking a stab at this one. Using my context clues again. Okay. I'm feeling Wolf of Wall Street vibes in Leonardo DiCaprio. Or it could be The Great Gatsby. No, no, no. There's some effing in there. It's Wolf of Wall Street. Final All right. answer. You are correct again. Gosh. Wolf of Wall Street and Leonardo DiCaprio. That's two points. So. And I did see that movie, but it's been a while. My favorite scene is when... He has taken all his drugs and he's trying to drive this <laughs> <Yes>. car. <laughs> Do you remember? Have you seen yes. it? Yes. That's the best scene where he's like army crawling everywhere. And I love the scene. I've seen this in a few movies where a boss gets up and gives a motivational speech. And that's where the quote came from that I just read. He's giving a motivational speech to this sea of workers. Yeah, I remember this. I don't remember the speech, but I can I can picture it. Oh, yeah. It. And all, everyone's there like cheering him on as he's... And I'm always thinking... How come I've never worked at a place like this? Like when I worked at the tool shop, I had a boss that would just call us douches all the time. Maybe that was his pep talk. (laughs) I bet he went home every night and was like, that was a great pep talk. I called every single person a douche. It's like, that'll make them work harder for me. All right. You have six points, which considering you got three. Oh my gosh. I never gave you a chance to guess Christopher Walken's movie. You're not going to guess it though, but I will tell you it's from a movie that's in my top five. No way. Oh, can you give me a clue? Yes, Christopher Walken hardly is in it. Can you give me the other main actor? Denzel Washington. I knew it! It's Man on Fire! It is Man on Fire! Because when you said Creasy, that's the guy's name! That's Creasy, yeah. Gosh, I I need a point. I'm just kidding. No, I'm only giving half. (laughs) Half a point, because I did give you two clues. (laughs) I'm getting greedy. (laughs) But, no, I'm impressed that you've seen Man on Fire. Man on Fire is amazing. And I there was love a that lot movie. of amazing acting in that, and there the was. ending was heartbreakingly beautiful. It's one of the few movies that I can get so pumped up about because of all the action, yet has made me cry. Movies can be pretty predictable, and that was one movie I felt that was not predictable. Yes. If you have not seen Man on Fire, go Both see it. Mike and Clyde endorse it. That's right. All right, next up. And this is our final one. So who are, who are we down to? It's Will Smith and Clint Eastwood, correct? Yes. Which I feel like I hope I can separate the two because they have pretty different acting styles. But we'll see. Will Smith is starting to do some pretty serious stuff. He so. is. He's well, His career has definitely taken a and turn. And you're throwing some curveballs at me. So bring it, Randy I, Johnson. I think you'll get this one. I know what you're thinking. Did he fire six shots or only five? Eastwood. Oh, dude. <laughs> I'm sorry. When there's a gun involved, it's, it's Clint all the way, baby. Well, let me finish the line. Okay, finish the line, Clyde. Sorry. Well, to tell you the truth, in all this excitement, I've kind of lost track myself. But being this is a 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and would blow your head clean off, you've got to ask yourself one question. What's the question? Are you feeling lucky? No. Punk? No. Dang it. Dude, I actually watched something about how that's one of the most misquoted movie lines in the history of cinema. Just like Star Wars? Cinema. Okay, here, give me another shot. Okay, Okay. is it... Hold on, let me me set you up. Okay. You've got to ask yourself one question. 
Would you like that supersized? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't close, know it. Close. Are you? The only thing I know is, are you feeling lucky, punk? That's feeling, that's the misquoted movie line. That's the mis. So, so are you? So that's it's a, another point for Clyde. But I got a point for getting Clint. You did get Clint, so that's a point for you. And I don't know the movie. That's all right, because I don't either. <laughs> I forgot. Okay, please, someone comment what movie this is. Or yes. it's going to probably show up in your I, Google searches. Yeah, probably. <laughs> there we go. All right. Uh, the line is, do I feel lucky? Do I feel lucky? Yeah. Does he say punk? And then he says, well, do ya, punk? Oh, my And gosh. so what people have done is they've kind of merged the oh. two like stanzas to just say, do you feel lucky, punk? Instead of saying, do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Anyways, so you did get a point. Uh, oh, I remembered the movie. It's Dirty Harry. All right, so final score is seven Wait, and a half. did you Will Smith's? What, what is no, the quote? I don't have a quote for Will Smith. Remember, I had oh, one red herring. Oh, the red herring. That's right. Okay, how about we both come up with a Will Smith quote? Okay, Clyde, here's my movie quote. Let's hear it. From Will Smith. Welcome to Earth. Dang it. I was trying to think of one from Independence Day. <laughs> All right. That's a point for Clyde. Okay. It is now seven and a half to four. How old were you when Independence Day came out? What year? Okay. Let's guess. What year did it come out? My guess is 1997. That was the year I was going to guess. No way. Um, Gosh, we're freaky sometimes. I think I was in seventh grade. Oh, funny. All right, let's double check it. Independence Day was released in the United States of America on July 2nd, 1996. (gasps) We were a year off. We were. Now, there is a story about the prize that you are winning today. Okay. I just had so much fun just hanging out. That was the prize, Clyde, just hanging out with you. You think that was the prize. So every year for Christmas, we get together as a group of friends, but really we're family. And we have a white elephant gift exchange. And the dumber the presents are in that, the funner the game is, right? Now, Mike is notorious for getting the best presents, the most random presents. And so as a prize, uh, I decided in honor of those great presents you got, I was going to actually re-gift something I received (gasps) from the gift exchange. My fingers. There's one present in particular I'm hoping for. (laughs) I think you're going to be happy about this. We received in that gift exchange a set of magnets. (gasps) Yes. And on the magnets were kitty butts. Cat butts. Right? So basically half of the cat body, but the bottom half. So you can see the bottom of their torso, their tail legs, and then their tail. And they were advertised as cat butt magnets. It came with a set of five. Some of the cat butts have gotten lost over the years because our children love the cat butts, particularly little Rosie. She grabs the cat butts and we'll find them in her room and stuff like that. However, I did scrounge up a cat butt for you. And since you won with a final score of, hold on, I got to do some math here. There's a, there's a half point so it's kind of throwing me off but you won with a final score of eight and a half to four you have earned one 
cat butt magnet to go on your fridge. It's a white kitty cat butt. It is a white kitty cat butt. I won! Now, you are a cat person, right? I am a cat person. I own two cats, but I also love dogs. I am just an animal person. And I am allergic to cats, so... Don't come too not close. These cats. <laughs> no, I'm not <laughs> allergic to cat butts if they're in magnet form. So that was a very thoughtful present that you gave us. I love my prize. Thank you, Clyde and Rosie, for our cat butt. I feel more connected to you. So you'll Thank have you. cat butts on your fridge. I'll have a cat butt on my fridge. There we go. There we go. Perfect symmetry. We did pretty well. We did. This yeah. was fun. Thank you for coming out to the podcast. Um, oh, I had a blast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and thank you for helping me to reveal my profession to the audience. I've kind of purposely been keeping that under wraps because, you know, I like to be like international man of mystery. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So uh, I felt like it was time, though. Oh, behave. What movie is that? <laughs> Austin Powers. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you can't quote a movie when I just said like a international man of mystery and I'm then sorry. quote it like I'm not going to know. Again, that was, I'm an idiot, just like all of us. <laughs> One of my favorite movies. So the first time I saw Austin Powers, I was with my dad and no. I was too young to watch a movie like that. And I got most of the humor, but I didn't want to laugh because I knew if I laughed, my dad would register that I understood what I was hearing and he would turn it off. So I sat there and internalized all my laughter the whole movie. At times, I would have to get up and go to the bathroom just to get some laughter out because I was like, oh my gosh, this is the funniest movie I've ever seen in my life. Thank you again for coming out to the podcast. And I guess I'm going to sign off with my signature that I do with my group. And I usually say, Michelangelo, out. Well, that was an awesome interview. Thanks. Yeah, you did a really great job, Clyde. I'm really proud of you. Well, Mike made it easy, so. Well, she's a great gal. I know. She's a good friend to both of us. So we really appreciate you, Mike, for being on the episode. We're so grateful for all of our listeners, and we hope that we get to talk to you again next week. Remember, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That's right. Don't forget to visit our website at ilovemyidiot.com. Leave us a comment about an idiot in your life. We'd love to hear about it. We may even talk about it on the show if you can come up with a good story. You guys have a great day. I love my idiot. I mean, I don't hate it as much as I hate Arby's or anything.